laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. Well, I address my birthmark at the top of almost every set. It, it is, it is the, per, the, the percentage of sets where I don't address my birthmark gets higher every year in stand-up. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. But like, generally, I'm going to talk about it near the beginning of the set, if not the very first thing. And honestly, I don't really think of my birthmark as an insecurity. There are, there are like still moments in my life where it is. But for the most part, not for the most part, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I like it's what my face looks like. So figure it out. Hey, everyone, before you start this episode of You Can't Laugh at That, be sure to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you give us five stars so that the algorithm works in our favor so we can get this podcast out to more people. Because the point of this podcast is to prove that anything can be funny. So whether you're trying to write a joke about this topic or you're having a hard time finding the humor in any given situation, we want to be able to say, hey, point to whatever episode this is and you can see that it's okay to laugh at whatever topic that episode is about. That's our point. That's why we're here. So if you could do that, that helps us a lot. Share with your friends. Follow us on social media. Like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That. Follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. And if you become a patron at patreon.com forward slash You Can't Laugh Pod, you'll get access to hours of footage that's never been seen or heard from any of these episodes. We've got bonus footage from episodes with Greg Stone and Anthony DeVito and Mary Santora and John Armstrong. I mean, so many different episodes with bonus content that you've never heard before. Patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod for $5 a month that you get access to all kinds of exclusive footage. Follow us on social media, rate us, share us with your friends, talk about us at dinner. And remember that no matter how difficult things may seem, no matter how stressed you may be, there's always a way to laugh at that. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That. This is the podcast where we take topics that aren't funny and then we prove that they are funny by inviting comedians onto the show who have done just that. Uh, today, I, David Horning, am joined by my co-host, Jeremy Demery, filling in for Steve, who is still missing. And we have brought uh, into the podcast, I'm really excited to have her, Chloe Radcliffe uh, from Minnesota, currently in New York City. What's going on, Chloe? Hello. Hi. How are you? I am fantastic. And this is the natural part of the conversation where people, when they introduce their uh, their new friend to their audience, where they talk about all of their credits. Chloe is a New York City-based writer and comic. Uh, she's a writer for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. She's been named a TBS comic to watch. 
at the New York Comedy Festival. She's been seen on Epics, selected for uh, NBC's 2019 Late Night Writers Workshop, uh, listed as one of Thrillist's 50 Best Undiscovered Comics. Was that yeah, like the state-by-state state one? That was the state-by-state state one. And it, yeah, anyway, okay. I don't need to... Uh, belittle a credit that I have in my own bio, uh, but yeah. hey, look at that. I really should take that one out of the bio. <laughs> Got it. Uh, um, I know Mary Santora, who's a Cleveland comic, was uh, was the Ohio one mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. year, I think. So, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. That's a cool connection. Um, and it also mentioned that you had done uh, six years of improv. Yes, I did do six years of improv. Um, not in the way that people who actually do improv did improv. I did improv all through college, which was so it was all short for like we were in a troupe that we performed every week, but um, it was all short form. And then I did a little bit of long form in Minneapolis after, um, and like took a couple classes. I got laid off from like a big kid corporate job and was like, "All right, I'm going to do the performance stuff I've always wanted to do." And I took some improv classes, and then I did literally one stand-up open mic being like, I don't want to miss a thing. Like, what if it's great? I'm probably going to hate it, but I'll try it. And immediately I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, the, here it is. I found it. Yes, yeah. I discovered it. Yeah, I, I kind of went through, not, not the same thing, but like I started in improv, started in sketch in New York, and then I and I did stand-up for the first time. And I was like, oh, this is the thing. Yeah. This is what I've been trying to do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so six years of improv. How do you, uh, how do you think that that impacts your, your, uh, your style as far as uh, doing stand-up? Honestly, I, I, I'm sure this is not 100% true, but I do not think that six years of improv helped my stand-up at all. I think if anything, my if I had done stand-up, I think I would have been much better, certainly at short-form improv, because it's just immediate joke writing. And I just like didn't really fully understand that in college. And I, I wasn't a comedy nerd. I, I I'm so jealous of people who are comedy nerds like, all through high school and all through college. And I just like really wasn't, I think partially it felt a little inaccessible to me or I didn't have like a ton of exposure to it. Um, But then also partially I just was really, really embedded in the world of speech and debate all through college, middle school, high school and college. And so like what I would spend my days, like, you know, downloading illegal copies of was fucking high school, humorous improv, humorous interpretation performances at the national uh, tournament for you know high school speech so like that's what I was busy nerding out about and so I didn't I think just like stuff like the basics of like punchline writing and joke writing and like and and understanding that that's what short form in particular is but even understanding how to lace that through in long form that like it wasn't it, it was not nearly as front of mind because I was paying attention to something else would you say that because of your experience in speech and debate, uh, you are a better writer uh, and you're better at articulating like an argument uh, on stage? And a better performer and a better like self-coacher and a better, literally speech is the thing that like made me do stand up in the way that I do. And, okay. and, and I don't just mean like how I say a joke on stage. That I actually think is probably the most significant departure from speech, but like all of the corollary skills that, that came from speech, like uh, being in a high pressure environment and having to like coach, you know, like talk yourself through it and like not freak out um, is like, that just feels like being in a tournament, you know, or like being in a big tournament or whatever, being, being the only person on stage performing for two people, performing for 2000 people, per, being in a lineup, being implicitly judged, having time signals, having, being timed, like writing for yourself, cutting your own lines when they don't work. Literally like all of those corollary skills I learned in speech 
for 10 years. And so when I started, I think at this point, it probably has like leveled out a little bit, but the first certainly three or four years that I did stand up, everybody always would guess that I was doubly far in. Like it was very consistent at one year, they guessed two years at two years, they guessed four years. And um, you want me to keep doing the math? Wow, I'm a math major. Um, <laughs> I want to know what's next. I was one of those kids who would keep like multiplying things on a calculator and see yeah, how yeah, I yeah, would yeah. go. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that, that I think that like speech is what gave me like a much, I like just walked into stand up at a much higher level. And I don't mean better than everybody else. I just mean like more experienced than anybody else who was starting their first open mic. No, for sure. For sure. That Do you think that's what, uh, what kind of drove you to keep doing it? You know, or, or- I think that for sure is the thing that like when I did that first open mic and I was like, oh, this is it. I was like, oh, this is grown up speech. I already knew that there was grown up improv. I knew that there was grown up theater, which were the other two things that I did. But, and, but I was like, I wish there was grown up speech, but there really isn't other than coaching, which is fine. But like, I don't want to be creating other people's art. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fuck those kids. Anyway, don't fuck those kids. Anyway. Um, but I, <laughs> you heard it here first folks. <laughs> Write that down. Um, anyway. So I, so yeah, yeah, yeah. When I tried stand up, I was like, Oh, this, I have, this is the grown up speech that I've been looking for. Okay. Speaking of grown up speech, uh, you, you talk a lot about uh, grown up topics because you're a grown up. It's weird how that works mm-hmm. uh, on stage. And one of the the topics that really endeared me to your uh, your stage presence, to your style, to your joke writing uh, was insecurities. I was was approaching these these things that you know most people would rather have left unsaid. Uh, and you're just you're up there. It's it's the first thing uh, that that you address when you get on stage. Um, so kind of take us through. What drove you to start talking about uh, these things that like would make the the normal person uncomfortable? Also, specifically, what insecurities are you talking about? <laughs> well, you 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 approach a couple of them, uh, but the one that that stands out obviously is is the birthmark. Right, um, right, right. I do have a big birthmark on my face. Yeah. Um, I am also insecure about not being able to throw a baseball. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm going to start every set with that. Um, no, I, uh, the obvious thing, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Let me get the elephant in the, let me address the elephant in the room. Um, I mean, I just assume cause you're a lady, you can't throw a baseball. Right. Well, my brain's too small. Yeah. I can't help that. Um, no, I, uh, uh, well, I address my birthmark at the top of almost every set. It, it is, it is, the, the, the percentage of sets where I don't address my birthmark gets higher every year in standup. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. But like, generally, I'm going to talk about it near the beginning of the set, if not the very first thing. And honestly, I don't really think of my birthmark as an insecurity. There are, there are like still moments in my life where it is, but for the most part, not, for the most part, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I like, it's what my face looks like. So yeah. figure it out. Does it get um, tiring <laughs> having to address it all the time? Sometimes in some contexts. So basically it's like in a set that is less, slightly less loose, any degree of less loose than the loosest set, then it's just going to be like, yeah, of course I'm going to do this because the audience is looking at my face and they're going, Hey, what is that? Um, and so I'm like, I will, I will deal with that right away. And also honestly, it like opens, I think maybe it's maybe less of an insecurity, but it's more of like being vulnerable. Like it really does sort of set the, set the tone for like, I'm going to be honest with you and you can trust me that like when you notice something 
hey, that's weird. I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to address it. I'm not going to make you feel crazy, to audience members. Um, but in terms of like, does it get tiring to address? Sometimes, sometimes it is like, I just have other shit to work on. But for the most part, for the most part, I will just say like, also like at a mic, I never, I, unless I'm working on a new birthmark joke, I never talk about my birthmark because it's like uh, all of my friends have seen my face a million times and they are sick of hearing about it. Um, but every once in a while, if I really don't want to talk about it, but I feel like I'm in a, in a room where like I have to address it, I will be like, Hey, it's a birthmark. Uh, I'm not going to fuck you. Which is like such a, such a stupid shorthand of a joke that makes a lot of sense when I say the whole joke, but when I don't say the whole joke, people are just like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then, and then I, but it's like really just my own shorthand. I, I'm like, I'm not going to fuck you. And I, I don't really want to talk about my, my birthmark tonight. You get it. It's on my face. You can see it anyway. Here's yeah. what I want to talk about. I will like explicitly address. So I guess I still am addressing it. I guess I still am saying mm-hmm. This is what it is, and here we're moving on. But I just find it that in like in all social interactions, and certainly in stand up, but in all social interactions, the like easiest thing is to just very explicitly be like, "I'm going to stop talking about this now, and I'm going to talk about a different thing." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we regardless, we all, everybody has their thing that like they kind of address mm-hmm. about themselves all the time. Anyways, like my thing is, I always, you know. I was homeschooled. So I always talk about my experiences being homeschooled. I could tell. <laughs> exactly. See, so I have <laughs> to address it. That's why, yeah. that's why I have this weird eccentric personality and I don't know how to socially interact with individuals because I was homeschooled. I didn't have yeah. those social interactions growing up. So yeah. it, sometimes I say stupid shit in the, in the wrong, t- at the wrong time. Probably, I shouldn't even be speaking right now. This is probably an inappropriate time to be speaking up, but yet here we are. But you know, we all have these little like quirks uh, that we all address all the time. And I can see it kind of like when you're there to specifically work on something, like if I don't have to address it, if I don't want to uh, being homeschooled or whatever. Right, 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 right. So I think it might be a little tiresome going like, oh, got it. You know, just so we can all move on from this. Yes, I know this is there. And then go into your material. Yes. Like- the tiresome feeling has arisen um, at times. And I honestly think that what it has done is actually just pushed me to write more fun birthmark material. Like I have a joke uh, where I talk about being catcalled for something other than my birthmark. And also, honestly, I'm not really catcalled for my birthmark ever. Like last night I was just like walking on the, I was walking somewhere in Manhattan and a guy was sitting on the stoop and he goes, that's a beautiful birthmark. And I was like, thank you so much. And to me, that doesn't feel like a cat call. That feels like a, like a very specific compliment. And like, yeah. was he probably horny? Of course. But like, was it that, you know, but it's like, <laughs> I was like, thanks. You use the word birthmark. I like that so much more than mole. I didn't say any of that, but like, I don't love the word mole. Like I don't, you know, like, so that was like a very sweet little interaction I'm just glad it didn't take a weird turn where he's like, I really like, it's a really nice birthmark and tits. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I, I have, I certainly have gotten like <laughs> creepy shit about, I, I have gotten creepy cat calls that involve my birthmark, but I also, anyway, so I, I opened with a joke that where it's about being cat called for something other than my birthmark. And I, it's obvious what I'm addressing, but I don't say the word birthmark for like a minute and a half. And I ask an audience member, 
how would you describe my face? I'm like daring somebody to say the word. And <laughs> everyone's going to Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that so much. I would say like one one in 20 times somebody does say birthmark, but it's really rare. And most of the time people are like, pretty eyes. <laughs> and that person should be applauded for their bravery. Yeah, for the, the person who says birthmark, oh, totally. Yes. I'm always like, incredible. I admire you. That's great. Like, this is a dare and you won the dare. No one wins the dare. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always, I'm always impressed by it. But um, anyway, so like, when I started writing that, I was like, oh, this is such a fucking fun way to address my birthmark that doesn't fe- that like eliminates the tiresome feeling because mm-hmm. I just, it's just that like, you know, my early birthmark jokes were all, here's a weird thing somebody said to me. Here's a funny comeback that I didn't say in the moment, but I'm saying on stage. Here's a weird thing somebody said, like, it's just rinse and repeat. And, mm-hmm. and that's a fine joke structure, but like, I just am getting more creative with it now. Mm-hmm. It's a fun uh, writing exercise too. It's like write jokes about it without mentioning it explicitly. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's super yeah. fun to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's play. Let's play uh, one of Chloe's clips. So, so we're not just referencing some phantom uh, thing that you you look up yourself. No, it's a birthmark. That's what it is. It doesn't lower my self esteem enough for me to sleep with you. <laughs> I, in high school, kids used to call me a freak because of my birthmark, and I was bad at social interaction. So my witty retort was, I am a freak. A freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out you can score on your own team. <laughs> they count it. <laughs> I look back, and I can recognize now that I was trying to reclaim the word freak, right? Take back the power but you can't reclaim a word as just one person. It took thousands of women standing up and saying, that's right, we are bitches, to reclaim the word bitch. If one woman stands up and is like, that's right, I am a bitch. (laughs) Everyone in the room is like, so we're agreed. (laughs) We don't like you. (laughs) I love that joke. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so you, you address it. Um, I, I love the idea of reclaiming the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something. So my last name is Horning. And so I found that when I would resist getting picked on for it, like people would have more fun with me. Whereas because I was did, like, yeah. Everybody like, just called Morning. you David Morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh he no. Froze. We lost him right as I oh, made no. that yeah. perfect joke. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. 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 Goddamn Zoom. <laughs> right. When she you, said morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you were saying when you played along with it. Yeah. It was, when I played along with it, they were like, oh, this kid isn't fun to pick on anymore. Let's move on to the next one. For sure. For um, sure. So like reclaiming it, uh, that, and I even still have to deal with that. I, I was speaking at a conference and then the woman like laughed at my last name as she introduced me. So I'm like, so I have this whole bit, like, I don't like to start with the bit anymore because I know where and it's like a routine thing that I do. And, uh, and and so I just like, yeah, my last name's Horny. You, you don't want to pick on the horny kid because the horny kid is unpredictable. And like, I go, I was like, I, this wasn't part of my set list. So it's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier. Yeah. But yeah. I love the idea of trying to reclaim uh, the word freak. When did you, when did you come to that realization? Like uh, it, when you were younger, that it was just like, fuck it, this is who I am. I got to lean oh, into this. I would say, I mean, it was not a conscious realization. Like I became aware it's like, it's only in reflecting on the memory that I'm like, oh, that's what I was trying to do. I could like 
you know, instinctively feel that there was going to be some power in doing the unexpected thing, which is agreeing with them and like then making it my own. But I was doing it so clumsily. I mean, like I'm a freak of nature is like kind of is mean to myself. Like I, I wish that I, I'm like embarrassed that I said it. It's, you know, like, ugh. I, but it, but it is like, I was just a weird little kid and I wasn't, I wasn't homeschooled, but I was an only child with a single mom who just like loved me very, very much. And never, I never learned how to fight back. I never learned how to pick on people. I never learned how to like, I never, I, I never learned. Honestly, it's like, oh, I wish that I knew how to write punchlines as a kid. I wish I was more of a comedy nerd. Cause I bet I would have like come up with funnier comebacks. <laughs> I'm bad at comebacks. Anyway, so I just was like scrabbling for anything. You said you were a part of the debate team Mm -hmm. and you're not good at comebacks. Well, I did speech. Uh, Debate is for the nerds. Speech speech kids do coke. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, You said you used to watch tapes of other high school students doing speech. speech. Yes. That is a very specific nerdiness. Have you yes. ever met somebody who also has that like Oh, same- the whole world of of high school speech. Honestly, I my ver- my my like second serious boyfriend I guess was a guy who's who had won nationals in the category whose speech his national winning speech I like had memorized. He was like my idol and then we wound up dating and it was like like if you could have told me in high school, like, don't worry, you're going to date that guy. I would have been like, what? And then the relationship was very mediocre. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) never date your heroes. (laughs) Yeah. Don't date your heroes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Cause we kind of like grazed over that real quick. And I was like, we're not going to address the, like the fact that it's such a specific nerdiness. I am, I am, I am dork central. And I think, I think I like come, honestly, I think it's like, I am physically attractive enough. I am socially like smooth enough that people are like, no, you're not. I'm like, oh, I wasn't popular in high school. And people are like, Pete, you must have been popular. Like people, people like, like I get that reaction a lot. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you the do- version of me that you are seeing and meeting now is, has taken 30 years to, to like figure the fuck out. Yeah, and, I was. Oh, I'm happy with it, but. I always say that I am an introvert who's trained to be extroverted and. Yeah. Uh, you do have a, like watching you on stage in that clip is like, when you have great stage presence, uh, the, just everything, the body language is fantastic and you. you don't, you seem very in control of yourself and, and that, I mean, I mean, maybe that's possibly why you put the YouTube video up, uh, you know what I mean? To present to people, but I can, it seemed very natural in a, to a point where it's like, oh, this is just who she is most of the time. I think it pretty much is. Yeah. And everybody's stage persona is like, you know, some degree of extreme version of their real persona. But I would say that mine is like pretty close. Um, But yeah, yeah. I think also the like control, like the body language, the control of yourself on stage. I attribute a lot of that to speech. Yeah. I can see that being beneficial. I never did coke, by the way. I heard of other people doing coke and I was like, (gasps) cocaine. (laughs) No, that's a sin. I was a good kid. Anyway. <laughs> Me too. And then I became an adult. Yes. Um, Me three. Yeah. No, I don't do that stuff anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, so going, like, piggybacking off of what Jeremy was saying, uh, you, you know, you have this this onstage confidence. Um, 
versus you're talking about a, a, a very awkward time in your formative mm-hmm. years, like mm-hmm. as a kid, like coming up with, with what you thought was a comeback. And uh, I mean, high school is so awkward. It's filled with the most awful people because everybody's trying to cover up their own insecurities by yeah. projecting onto other people. Yeah. Um, so, so what was that experience like for you? Uh, Being in high school, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I, I, I've always, I've always known that I am smart and that has always like, in, like intellect has always been a big priority for me and myself and in the people that I'm around. And, um, so I, and so of course in high school, that meant that like, I was a nerd, I was the teacher's pet. I was the like, I honestly like was, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I would like kind of dick around. I like, I don't think I was a good, um, student despite the fact that I got very good grades like I didn't study very much because I could just kind of like breeze by whatever and Mm -hmm. so I just like I mean I had a lovely time in high school but for the fact that I like felt I I don't know I had a great group of friends we were all at the we were we were not the lowest rung of the social ladder but we were the second lowest I would say um and the only time I ever got asked to dance was by a guy who was on the lowest rung of the social ladder and we we, we were in the, oh no, this was, this was separate. He gave me a Valentine's day card and he asked me to the dance, two separate things. I said, Smooth. I think I said no to the dance and then, yeah, for sure. Cause I didn't go with him, but the Valentine's day card, he, he gave me a Valentine's day card and the popular girl was in the classroom. It was like empty. It was me and him and one more girl who was much more popular than we were. And I was mean to him because I wanted to impress Mandy. Like, Oh, anyway, classic Mandy. And now Rob is like jacked and makes $600,000 a year doing underwater welding or something like that. I, mi- I missed the fuck out. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you had the right idea, Rob. Yep. All right. Um, so, Happily I mean, married. I, I hope they're having a lovely time. <laughs> he's now my best. hero. I'll tell you that much. We should have gotten Rob on this. I know. I know. <laughs> I, hope, I hope at some point this makes it back to Rob and he's like, oh, well, good to know. Yeah. Well, I can close that chapter in my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah, made him well. a more complete person in this part in this process, yeah. too. Also, the only thing is like, what if he doesn't think of himself as the lowest rung of the social ladder? <laughs> just being an asshole. Anyway, who knows? He, I yeah, was totally unaware of the fact that he was like, Man, I thought I was. People seem cool to me. Yeah, yeah. I thought I I was fine. I mean, she was mean. I get that part. That part I understand. But social? I have friends. Yeah. 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 Which brings brings me to my next question. What was it like in high school to have friends? (laughs) Look, I'm not going to lie. It felt pretty good. Um, no, I, by senior year, I was like starting to be sort of adopted by a group of very popular people because there was like one, there were, there were one or two guys who were like, Oh, she's funny. She's really funny. And I, I honestly think it's that like the women in that group were not, I I don't mean to fault them, but like, I think when you are hot and also maybe rich as a high school girl, there's no value in being funny. You just are already hot and rich and why the fuck would you do anything else? And so personality, (laughs) Right. And so they were not particularly funny. And I don't mean that because they're not funny people, but like, you know, I think in high school, you're just already insecure and hot and rich and great. You're done. Um, And I was, you know, I had learned to use humor early, early, early. And so I started to be like, 
folded into this way more popular friend group very weirdly as a senior. And, and that group is actually like still, a lot of them are still my good friends now, mm. um, which I still have a complex about. <laughs> like if one of them, there's one, one guy who lives in this, in Manhattan and he's a fashion, he's like hot and a fashion photographer and he's around models all the time and whatever. And if he's like, Hey, come out. And it's like 1130 and I'm in bed. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> you need me. <laughs> You can't laugh at that. I was on the bus, and a woman across from me was so beautiful. Had to have been a model. And I couldn't stop staring at her until I realized, oh my God, I'm doing to her what people do to me all the time about my birthmark. And I was like, holy shit. I know what it's like to be a model. <laughs> That's it, right? That's who gets stared at, the beautiful people and the weirdos. <laughs> the only difference is the beautiful people get free drinks and the weirdos get free touches. <laughs> people do, people stare at my birthmark all the time. I'm used to it, I get it. Sometimes I am like, hey buddy, eyes down here. <laughs> the street though <laughs> right? uh, like you were saying earlier you know you address it and then you move on so in each one of these uh these videos it's like within the first minute you're done it's you've already said what yeah. you had to say and you move on um i love this take on it too because you kind of put yourself in somebody else's shoes which uh, as you know i mean that's that's great that's a great way to build an argument like stating your case mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. Was that like based on a, on a true experience? A hundred percent. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I now say cafe. It was uh, honestly where it happened was, um, I, I can't say this on stage because it sounds either confusing or douchey. Um, but it happened on a, I was in Belize with, um, an ex and we were on a boat going to an Island. We were on like a ferry going to some Island that we were going to stay on. And there was a woman who I, truly, 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 I mean, the ferry is like 45 minutes long or something. And I truly had to be like, Radcliffe, stop staring at her. She's, and she just was so beautiful. Mm. And I just wrote like a quick note. I was like, I know what it's like to be a model. And that is a punchline that I like still don't understand why it works. I still don't understand why it's funny. I, it was a first draft that I was like, I'm going to have to fix this later, but like, it's an idea for a joke. And it's like, a, it's very consistent. Yeah. Anyway, but but yes, that is uh, that is a hundred percent like that happened, and uh, uh, and it was just a, it's it's pulled directly from life. It's a great subversion of of expect. I don't know. I don't know why it's funny either, but it just is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Like, I mean, don't you equally hate but love when you write a joke that isn't even finished yet, and then it gets a laugh, and it's like, but is it finished? Like, right? It's very confusing because then you yeah. feel like you haven't put the work in, and you're like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's great. And then the, the, Hey buddy, eyes down here. Another, another subversion of like being a woman, like a you know, most trope, people want yeah. the opposite. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so. Um, it's funny. It, like speaking of, you're talking about like how to make an audience comfortable with, with stuff that they might not be comfortable with. So the end of that joke, the end of the model joke is actually, I think a very good ex example of like a way that I was failing to make the audience comfortable with something. Um, and I've changed it. I don't say, so I used to say beautiful people get free drinks, weirdos get free touches. And I mean that because like people do touch my birthmark, not constantly, but like enough that it's a thing that I'm like aware of strangers are about to touch my birthmark, whatever, um, in a bar or just Stranger, it's like in some weird environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had, oh, I've had people, I've had 
probably like three times I've had men in bars kiss or lick my birthmark, like just co- like out of the blue. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so weird. but, but so the free touches thing is like, it's an uncomfortable explanation. It's an uncomfortable bridge for the audience to cross given that I haven't already talked. I think maybe it would be even if I had already talked about people touching my birthmark without asking, but especially given that I haven't, it's just like the word touches is a little creepy. Like I'm saying it because it's creepy, but it like, it has, it's not divorced enough from reality for the audience. And so they, it just like lends this like creepy tone to, to that moment. And you can hear in the clip, people be like, Oh, um, and I've changed that line to um, the only difference is between the model and me. The only difference is she's like, no pictures. And I'm like, no pictures. And then that is like, it's putting it back on me rather than it's, or the joke is about like me being goofy. It's not about other people being creepy with no comeback to the creepiness. Yeah. Got it. Got it. It's weird how, how that, that simple trick can, can reframe an audience's mindset very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But also the way you say touches though, is like hilarious. Oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the way you say it, like, and I feel like that's what, like in that clip, you know, you're talking about how it, it, you know, it could have been better, but, but in that clip, it, like the audience responded positively to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and you do that too. In another clip that, that we're about to play, uh, just kind of the way you, you enunciate a word is funny in itself. Um, so it kind of takes away from the, the reality of what you're actually talking about. Like people actually coming up to you and touching it. That's absurd to me. Yeah. That people do that. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, my, my girlfriend has like sleeves, like she has uh, mm-hmm. tattoos and uh, she works as a, well, she used to be a bartender. She's a manager now, but, but um, like people, guys would just reach across the bar and like touch her arm and like ask her about her tattoos. And she's like, what, like what? Yeah. What, what reality is this? Okay. Like, yeah. These yeah. aren't the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not how this goes. Yeah. yeah. So weird. Ugh. All right, um, let's talk about the last uh, the last clip. This would be clip number two, since we're doing things out of order. I, I got it it's, this uh, time, and I got time Starts zero to 110. Yeah, I got it this time. I was prepared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I got the new iPhone recently, which has facial recognition, so now my birthmark doesn't just get me stares, it also keeps my secrets. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. I grew up with facial recognition. It's only new for you people. <laughs> I, uh, I can't be sneaky with a birthmark like this, right? I can't go back for seconds at the grocery store sample cart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. The, the old lady knows, right? She'll give me another mini meatball, but she's mad. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be sneaky. I couldn't, I couldn't be a criminal with a birthmark like this. A six-year-old could do the police sketch. It would be a stick figure with a birthmark, and people would be like, I've seen that person before. I know that one. My mom gave me... I'm, I'm home now. I'm from New York, and I, I'm home, and my mom gave me a funny compliment. My mom looked at me, and she said, your face is so symmetrical. That's the only wrong answer. <laughs> thinking I've been thinking about parenting a lot recently I live with a baby and it's not my baby because <laughs> you're supposed to make mistakes in your 20s and I'm roommates with a mistake <laughs> 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 <It's so funny. laughs> 
I've cut that line because it just, it, I mean, I love it, but it just does not work or it's just not consistent. People, oh, man. They're on the baby's side. Have you tried like putting a, 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 like a smaller punch before that to kind of introduce the fact that like maybe the baby was an accident? Maybe I could go back to that. I've said, I've changed it to, I, I lived with the baby, not like I stole it. I just had two roommates and then they became three roommates. Maybe I could work back in the mistakes once they know. Okay. That's a good idea, actually. Wow. Look at you punching up my bits. Well, I love, like, I love, I love that joke. And, yeah. and the, the O from the audience, like when I get the O from the audience, I love that reaction, but it also, it also, like, it also tells me that, well, maybe I'm asking them to, to jump across too big of a divide here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah so I always like tinker with it a little bit and then if I don't get any laugh it's like okay I shortened it too much or I made it too far like it's yeah it's just a constant tweaking but um the facial recognition uh that that's such a creative way to talk about it mm -hmm. so this kind of goes back into uh, talking about like all the different ways that you can address it without like being super explicit about it I love yeah. it so much yeah 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 I'm always I'm I'm always happy when a joke um, when I, when I don't start with the word birthmark, like when, when I back into it, um, mm -hmm. you know, I got an iPhone, which is facial recognition. So now my birthmark, like that can be a full opener. Um, one thing that I'm opening with right now is, uh, uh, oh, my boyfriend wants to try role play in bed, which is difficult because I have to establish my birthmark as a part of any character that I play. <laughs> so it like already initially is a, it, it becomes kind of a misdirect because like when I'm saying I got the new iPhone, people are like, oh, then we're not talking about her birthmark or my boyfriend wants to play role play, do role play in bed. Oh, then we're not talking about the thing that I'm looking at that I'm wondering about. And then I'm like, no, nope, we'll talk about it. Like, I think that's a very, that's a very fun sort of turn of the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it also, it, it, um, first of the way, you know, you say it keeps my secrets. That's like, I love the way, the way that you, my secrets. you, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you're almost yeah, like, it's like a, such a yeah. sassy aunt. I felt like I yeah. was listening yeah. to keep yeah. my secrets. And then like, yeah, the way the shoulder Bob thing that you did, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that, like none of that is choreographed. That's all. I, I guess like when I do that joke, I guess I do, I do deliver it like that pretty consistently, but like, it's not, it's just, what I think is funny about the line. I think the idea of being like, Oh, it keeps my secret is like, is a fun, is a funny. Yeah. Thing. No, I like it's again. Like it doesn't seem like any of that's really forced. That's I think that's what sometimes gets me a little frustrated sometimes watching certain comedians. Cause you can tell those certain things that they do both body language and, um, like little quirky things that they do with their voice. Like, Oh, that's, that was planned. Manufactured. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. With yeah. watching you do that, it's like, oh, no, that's like just who you are as a person, mm -hmm. which is really mm -hmm. refreshing to see that you can do these things and then not be phony. Great. Or, yeah. Thank you. I take that as a huge compliment. And you're you're having fun. Uh, I mean, at least that's how it comes across. Yeah. yeah. When you're on Very stage. much so. so. So like you can, you could take any topic and if you, if you attach that, that, that demeanor to it, it, it kind of changes the way the audience is hearing it, which is, yeah. uh, which is interesting to me. Um, another thing that you do too, is you in, install like a new script in people's heads about what facial recognition is. Mm, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I've been living with it my whole life. It's new for you, but so, so you, so now like, even if they're not consciously thinking about it, like in the back of their heads, they're like, Oh, like, 
wow, she has a totally different definition of what this thing that we think we know is. Yes. And that I like hint a little bit at like, yeah, I've had it my whole life and I get it. Like, yeah, I've been dealing with this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's great. And then, uh, and then I love the, the hypotheticals part of it. Like that's one of my favorite ways of finding new jokes out of a topic is because if you come up with a hypothetical scenario of like what you can or can't do in a situation, like you can get really creative and have a lot of fun with it. And it's one of my favorite writing exercises. Like that's what I fill up this whiteboard with most of the time is just like getting hypothetical with weird things. Yeah. Um, so not being able to, to be sneaky with it. Like that's such a fun, uh, uh visualization of you yeah. at like a Costco or, a, or Ikea or whatever. It's, and it's very, it's very funny to think of that as a uh, hypothetical because to me that is like, that is so grounded mm. in me trying to get seconds at the grocery mm. store sample cart and I can't. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Or like I can, but I just like feel like so much more of an asshole than otherwise, you know, than, than if I, than if I wasn't super recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then so then the criminal, I guess, is the is the yeah. like true hypothetical part of it. Yeah, yeah. So so you start from a place that's more rooted in reality, and then and then you introduce yourself as a criminal, uh, but you can't do that because yeah. of, for obvious reasons. Yeah. That, yeah, that's so funny. And then and then you kind of play in the, in the silliness of like having a six year old uh, draw. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That any anybody could do the the police sketch. That's so fun. Um, well, one trick that I use if I if I have writer's block is like, how would a six year old think about my behavior or whatever, awesome. like whatever this topic is? Mm-hmm. And so, like that kind of reminded me of that. Cool. What would a six year old do in this situation? Oh, yeah. Easily be able to draw me. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's an awesome uh, writer's block tool. It so is strange to ah. say out loud, though. Sure. Yeah. If I sure. could only get into the mind of a six year old. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Get a kid over here. I just yeah, wanna- you don't want to know what's behind this door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dave is running around the neighborhood interviewing children of the yeah. age of six. Mm-hmm. The, the, the parent, the neighborhood watch group is like, uh, what's this kid? Yeah. What's this guy doing? He's, He's constantly going to up to six year olds asking them, how did that make you feel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm working on two bits about, uh, about four year olds. So, ugh. Cool. Maybe shouldn't. <laughs> this is a good look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a great time to bring it up. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> Just uh-huh. committing to the bit. Uh-huh. Just committing to the bit. Um, so let's see. I, I, did I have any questions here? Oh, uh, the the your mom, the, the funny compliment. I noticed in another clip you used uh, somebody else. You used a friend. Is, was, was that like bringing it closer to yourself? Does that help make connected to an audience or? That, no, uh, no, honestly, I just think that that is a line that like isn't really a standalone line. What that line really comes from is actually from the bit that I was talking about earlier about um, the cat call joke where I'm asking people to describe my face. I'm going, mm-hmm. I haven't said the word birthmark. I'm going to the audience. And tw- two times, this is 100% true. Two times um, a person has described my face as symmetrical. Uh, in like an audience member has, and it's so funny. And I, it, the first time it happened, it just was so fucking hilarious. And I think I just said that's the only wrong answer to them, and it just did very well. Yeah. And so then I just transported that into the bit, and and so in the bit when I go into the audience, whatever they say, you know, pretty eyes or whatever, I say thank you so much. Uh, you know, that's a better cat call or whatever. And then I say one time I asked. And and I use it also kind of as a function of like making the audience member feel because sometimes they're like they feel awkward they feel like they've said the wrong thing and and so 
I can sort of say like, you know, that whatever you said is not the weirdest thing that I've heard. Uh, one time a guy said symmetrical and that's the only wrong answer. And that, all, that, that like does really, really well because it is in the context of the bit. And so I've like tried to transplant that line outside of that bit and it, it works just fine, but it doesn't yeah. ever work as well as I want it to. Yeah, it worked there. Uh, I mean, it's, and it is a funny line. I think I remember seeing that that clip a, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, okay, was there, oh yeah, the um, uh, your TikTok. Um, you uh, you had a video that that it like all the comments from uh, is it from like a YouTube video or was it like TikTok? Oh, those are TikTok comments. Those are our TikTok okay. comments. Okay, um, a lot of just like. Do, do you think she knows or like, you know, what's that on her face? And, and the fact that you like address it so openly again, that kind of, that disarms the, and calls out the, the short sighted, like low hanging fruit, like check yourself of, of the, uh, of the whole exchange. So kind of explain like, like why you share that on TikTok. Like, yeah, yeah. that one. Well, I, I mean, like, I had a couple videos. Also, sorry if you can hear a motorcycle in the background. It is so annoying, and he just has this giant fucking chopper that is idling on the sidewalk, and I am very mad at him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's, could, what, that's what they do. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what motorcycles are for, for sitting on the fucking sidewalk. Anyway. This thing's got five miles on it. I've had it for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen to how pristine. loud it sounds. Anyway. Um, oh... I just was, I had like, I'd had a couple videos go like viral, like go hit in the million views range. And of course I'm going to get like tons of shit. And also there is a degree of like, there's nothing. Yeah. There are very few things that anybody could say, Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. He is now, he moved it from the sidewalk to the middle of the road and he's idling in the middle of the road. And I'm, I hate him anyway. Okay. Sorry. This is so distracting. Um, there are very few things that anybody can say about my birthmark that I haven't heard or that, um, that would offend me. It, 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 it is very, very, very hard to be hurtful about my birthmark. Not impossible. Um, but like all of the TikTok comments about like, also the ones, the examples that you gave are pretty tame. You know, does she know that very easy? Uh, most of them were like, she's got shit all over her face or like it looks like a ham sandwich with hair or like whatever the fuck it's the comments were, you know, some absurd thing. Um, and I don't find it offensive at all. Uh, but I, but I just, I'm like, Oh, I think it's very fun to make a joke. What the end of the TikTok video is me just like watching all these comments roll by. And then I go, Oh my God, do I have something on my face? <laughs> and that is like, to me, it's like, that's the disarming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it, it's, I just want to sort of make the point of like, I don't fuck it. Like, yeah, what do you think you're doing? Also the best explanation I ever got, and this is way beyond just my birthmark, but somebody, somebody was like trolling me on TikTok and somebody else, a comment. I, also, I never respond to any of the comments, but, and I right. only read them sometimes, but. Yeah, that's a can of worms. Yeah. Um, somehow, somehow the, mean comments don't bother me very much. The ones that really got to me were there was a while where people were saying that I have really scraggly teeth, which I kind of do. And I had never been super self-conscious about it until TikTok. And now I'm like, my teeth. But anyway. um, It's got to be nice to have something new to be insecure about though. Well, that's the thing, right? That's what it is. It's like, I'm so, like my skin is so thick about my birthmark or my skin is so thick about like 
women aren't funny or whatever. Like that, none of that shit bothers me. But my skin is not very thick about my teeth because nobody ever talks about them. And so then when there were a lot of people being like, your teeth are fucked up, I was like, my teeth are fucked up, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but I saw I saw Fuck somebody, em. I saw somebody um Oh, somebody was writing some mean comment. I have no idea what it was. And somebody else wrote, why are you being mean? And the original commenter responded, because it's free. And that is the best explanation of mean internet people that I can possibly come up with. Mm. And honestly, that also like disarms meanness on the internet to me. It's like, why are you doing this? Because it's free. Because it's there. It's easy. It's in front of me. Like, of course. Of course, that's why. Yeah, so comments don't really... um, affect me that much. and also these people are cheating themselves out of the fact that your face is so symmetrical so <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> what the hell they're totally missing out on the point right yeah to me like it's it's free that it's just like it's lazy it's lazy it's like lazy joke writing it's like let's pick the obvious thing wait you mean the punchline of it's free no uh, like I, that just tells me like Oh, 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 yes. You mean it's, like... It's an easy line. Like, it's right there. When they're like, does she know she has shit on her face? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, they're not... <laughs> that's. I think we get hard on them for being like so like... Yeah, it's first thought. But they're, they don't think of jokes like we think of jokes. Like, they're not spending all day reworking it, rewording right. it, and all this. They're just going to say the first thing that comes to mind and put that out there, not because they want it to be a good joke. They're just trying to be mean. That's right. their objective is to be mean and not, right. and not smart. Right. Right. And chances are pretty good. If, if they were to put out a video and people were to comment like that on their video, they wouldn't take it the same way you do. No, probably not. For sure. Probably not. For sure. Um, yeah. That's the, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, if anyone has something shitty to say about anybody else, it's like, why don't you create something like go create something and, and, yeah. Like have other people pick it apart it, yeah. because no matter how good it is, no matter what it is, people are going to pick it apart and yeah. rather than get insecure about it, just own it. Yeah. So if you were to offer any advice, uh, first of all, to a comic who uh, wants to tackle their own uh, insecurity or uh, the el- address the elephant in the room, something about their appearance or their name or, or whatever it is, uh, how would you, uh, if they were to come to you and ask you that question, what would you, how would you respond? I think that, um, I, and this is honestly, this is outside of standup. Um, I like my sort of personal ethos is generally to say the thing that is unsaid. And, um, I think that like, that's a lot of, I think that's a lot of my humor in interpersonal situations too, is like naming the, the elephant in the room doesn't have to be a birthmark. It can be like, I'm trying to think of what, but like there, I had some awkward interaction with somebody recently. I can't remember what it was. And what the reason that it was awkward was because I was, I was with multiple people, but the reason that whatever the interaction was, was because one of the people was way hotter than everybody else. And I like whatever, I, I wish I could remember what was going, what happened, but I, something happened. And and everybody was kind of like, uh, 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 and I was like, yeah, and it's just because this hot guy saw or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> that's enough of a joke. And that breaks the tension. And also it's honest. Like the reason that it's funny is because it's real. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I think that like that is that's how I operate generally. 
And so then that winds up being like, I think I, I actually thought that you were going to touch on, or I, I have a bit about, or I don't know, thought that you were going to touch on. Anyway, cut that. Um, I have a bit about uh, feeling self-conscious about my boobs not being perky enough. And I would say that is actually my most direct bit about an insecurity that the stuff about my birthmark is less directly about insecurities. And it's more about like, this is a thing on my face that I deal with constantly. Um, but I, that like, I feel insecure about my boobs not being perky enough. That is the, that is the joke. And I like say the word insecure in there. And to me, it's like, again, it's like addressing it head on. And then I talk about like how I handled it and how I felt about it and how I feel about it now. But like, just, I'm not dancing around anything. And also I think that there's, I think that when, when, when it's um, in the same way that false modesty feels phony to use your word, Jeremy, which, excuse me, I think phony is such a perfect word for it. Um, I think that like false confidence also feels phony. And so if there's a, like, I think it's easy. It would be easy for me to be like, yeah, my boobs don't look like what they look like in the magazine. And fuck you. Who gives a shit? I'm great. I'm hot. Fuck you. And like, that's not how I feel at all. And so then it wouldn't come off as honest for me. And the, the, you know, to me, it's just like, what is the most honest, uh, version of the, the most honest thing is I think always the most funny or almost always. I think it's so funny that you're disappointed of the fact that we two heterosexual males yeah, right. didn't bring you on <laughs> to talk about your boobs. All right, let's talk about the bit where you talk about your tits. <laughs> <laughs> How creepy right. would we look if we did that? Honestly, yes. Okay, okay. Credit credit to you. Credit to you. Yes. <laughs> Let me bring that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, All right, come so on our I show. Five it's... pages written about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about those meat puppets you got on your chest there. All right. Yeah, honey. A, we'll call you honey the whole time, like a couple of fucking old weirdos. Oh, that's very funny. That's a very, that a very so, good point. That is fun. I was like, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's like, I thought you guys were going to bring me on here to talk about my boobs. <laughs> Who did you think we were? I wish yeah, you would have right. brought, I wish you would have brought my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. And a hundred percent right. Yeah. So, this isn't the man uh, show. You'll never hear outside of a yeah, right. comics. Yeah. A podcast on with comics. Yeah. This isn't yeah. letter or not. Oh my God. I even said, this isn't Letterman. Uh, what was the radio guy? Uh, Howard Stern. Howard's, this isn't Howard Stern, and this yeah, isn't right. the man show. So, no. our apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll bring you on for another episode. Uh, thank yeah, you. we'll thank bring you, you back and you. talk about your boobs. Yeah, yeah thank you. Be, uh, you can't laugh at boobs. Yeah, if you, had to, if you had to give advice to a young comic who wants to talk about their boobs, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, next question, next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next topic. Next, yeah, right. Uh, no, next question is: is um, what do you? Uh, where can we find you on social media? What, if, if there's anything. Oh wow! Look at that. Uh, uh, I am at Chloe Badcliffe on all platforms, which is like my name, Chloe Radcliffe, but bad. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as that. And uh, I will be, if anybody is in Minnesota, I'm headlining my home club, the best place in the world, um, the Comedy Corner Underground in Minneapolis, October 15th and 16th. There will be four shows and they will all sell out because I am very popular. <laughs> um, so if anybody's in Minnesota, get your tickets. Yeah, you hear that, Rob? 
Yeah. Yeah. Rob. <laughs> Rob. I think he lives in North Carolina now. The Why do I know got that? Away. <laughs> we'll leave that for the uh, we'll leave that for the boobs episode. Yeah, I was gonna say come back for part two. We talk about yeah, right. Chloe Radcliffe's breasts to put yes, it yes. to put it properly. All right, Jeremy, is there anything else you want to add? Uh come see my show at Gunzelman's this Sunday, <laughs> which is, <laughs> this episode airs after Sunday. So you know what? Thank you for coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my plug too. I'm also show, so. see, uh, you can't laugh at that live for the Cleveland comedy festival. Fun. So that Ooh, is confirmed. We're, we're making it official. Hell yes. yeah. Yeah. We had a live run at the, uh, the six city comedy festival. We're doing it again. Uh, so come out, get your tickets for that when they're available. They're not available yet. Um, and uh, Chloe, it's, this has been so much fun. I wish we had a little bit more time together, but you have uh, done the world a favor and helped us prove that uh, you can laugh at your insecurities. Hell yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at That. Make sure if you haven't already to rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you get your episodes of You Can't Laugh at That. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you share with your friends. Like us and follow us on social media. We're at You Can't Laugh at That on Facebook and You Can't Laugh Pod on Twitter. On Instagram, you can follow the David Horning. That is my personal Instagram account where I post any things you can't laugh at that that I don't post on Facebook or Twitter. Make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. You'll get access to special bonus footage that we cut from the main episode. Because, not not because it's bad, but because it just doesn't fit the theme of the episode. We want to keep these episodes within an hour and 20 minutes or so. Otherwise, we'd run the light big time. We don't want that. So make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. $5 a month gets you access to all the bonus footage. $10 a month gets you access to you can't laugh at, you can't laugh at that. Which is a series that we will be starting in September of 2021, where we will go back through each one of our episodes and talk about what we learned and how we've used some of that in our own comedy to prove that you can laugh at that. So, yeah, that's really it. Thanks again for listening to our episode, and we hope that you found a way to laugh at that. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.